Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Let me just pray before James comes to share. Father, thanks uh, that you have given us your word. Thank you for Luke's gospel and all that we've been learning uh, over this term as we've looked at the life and teaching of the Lord Jesus. We, um, we pray now as we consider uh, these words of his, this story that he told, please um, give us all open minds, soft hearts and ready wills to put into practice uh, what you would have us learn. Please be with James and Christine and Johnny as they share. Thank you for the work they've put in, the insights that we trust you've granted them and we pray for the help of your spirit now as they share with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. So in between looking after a new baby, Lily does most of the work, but I, I do a little bit. Um, I haven't done a lot of pre preparation, but um, God's definitely been talking to me from this passage. And I think this morning I wanted to focus on the who's who of the parable of the persistent widow. Who's who in this parable in relation to our lives? Um, and I was thinking particularly in terms of a widow, and the, um, the Bible talks a lot about widows, doesn't it? A surprising amount, because it's not something we focus so much in our society today. But back then, giving a little bit of context, a widow was in quite a, an unfortunate position in the society. Um, often um, they, didn't, they weren't looked after, they weren't cared for. And particularly in this story, as I was reflecting, this widow was after justice, and who knows what had happened. Maybe, maybe her husband had been killed. Um, we don't know, just, um, just guessing, but this widow was after justice, um, and she was persistent, and she was determined, and from what we can see, she, she really deserved that justice. Um, so she was in a bit of a, a dark place, but she was persistent and um, kept on going back to this judge to look for um, a solution to what had happened. And as I was thinking about it, I was thinking maybe today we're in a similar situation in a sense. Maybe in, in a part we might be in a bit of a dark place or maybe throughout the week there's been situations where we felt like we are in a dark place. Um, maybe we felt a bit neglected or, or left alone or maybe we felt like God isn't really listening at the moment to us. And I think we want to remember this morning that this parable has a lot to say to us. Um, and often when Jesus told a parable, 
I heard this a while ago, I think it's, I think it's true. I, the parable wasn't necessarily a direct relation of something that had happened, but often it was a very clear reflection of things that were persistently happening in that society. Um, so often there is very likely that this widow dealing with an unjust judge would happen very commonly in the society of that day. And so I think that's the first point is to think, well, so often we are in that position of the widow before God. Um, we are needy. We are so often in a dark place and sometimes maybe we're in such a dark place that we don't realise how much we need God's help, how much we need him um, to intervene for us. And I think the, the next point was thinking, well, maybe if, if we're taking the part of the, un, of the widow, does that mean God is the unjust judge? That's sort of like the natural lead on, isn't it? Um, um, which seems a bit unfair, doesn't it? You know, to call God an unjust judge. And if we read about what this judge was like. Um, so he, this widow came to him and said, grant me justice, and for some time he refused. But he said to himself, even though I don't fear God, and I don't care about what people think, yet because she keeps bothering me. So this judge um, was incredibly severe and uncaring and un uncompassionate. Um, and I think it'd be hard to say that God's like that. And as we keep on reading, in verse 6, the Lord says, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? So I think Jesus is creating a powerful comparison here between the unjust judge and himself. And he, by painting this picture of, of a judge who is uncompassionate, un uncaring, he's painting a picture of how caring and how compassionate and how tender he is toward his loved ones. Because you can easily skip over that word chosen, can't you? He brings about, chosen, um, brings about justice for his chosen ones. And in that word, there's the gospel that's represented um, in that God has chosen us and God loves us and we have been brought back to God um, by the death of Jesus on the cross. And God is our Father. God is our loving Heavenly Father. And we are his chosen children. So in that powerful comparison of this unjust loser of a judge, for want of a better way of putting it, God is presenting himself, Jesus is presenting himself as so compassionate and so loving. And I think we see that represented in the Bible with God's attitude toward the widows, because back, particularly in the Old Testament, they were neglected and left alone. But even in Israelite society, the Israelites are commanded so often to look out for the fatherless, look out for the widows, um, and care for them. Even in Acts 6, the early church is commanded to make sure the orphans and the widows and, and those without a natural society, um, like a context to look after them, to make sure that they're looked after. Um, so how much more will God, if this unjust judge is looking out for this lady, how much more will God look out for us? 
I think my, my first reflection on this passage is I need to pray more, I need to make it happen, you know, um, I need to be more persistent. And I think that's very true, but I think the way we get to that is by understanding God's character and understanding that I'm a chosen child of his. So even when times are dark and we feel neglected or alone, we realise that positionally we have a loving father, we are in relationship to him. He cares for us so much. And so this passage this week has definitely jolted me back into perspective a bit. Um, I think you get busy sometimes. I've been busy with work and you can sometimes, yeah, neglect prayer and neglect relationship with Jesus. And as I, th I thought about it, it's so easy to pray, isn't it? You know, it doesn't have to be. We can often think it's this big hyper-spiritual thing that we have to work so hard at, but it's really just communication with Jesus. Um, and we can start any moment. And really that's a response to a loving father who's continually reaching out to us in love and drawing us to himself and talking to us. Sometimes like little Evelyn, <laughs> she, if I walk away or I'm going off to do something, she'll follow me with her head and, and try and draw me back into connection with her because she wants to keep on chatting as she does. Um, and God is just constantly always inviting us into communication with him. And we don't have to delay in kicking that off. Um, it's like another passage somewhere says, don't give up, don't cease in prayer, pray without ceasing. Um, and it's not like we just have to keep, on, keep our lips moving. I know some societies interpret it like that. They have to just keep on their lips moving, but it's just that constant attitude toward our loving Heavenly Father. And a verse that really stood out to me was in Hebrews 4.16. It says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may find and receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So I think the motivation is there, isn't it? We have that invitation from our Heavenly Father to approach the throne of grace and find help and grace in, in time of need. Thank you. Hey everyone. Um, in thinking about this passage this week, I was kind of trying to do it with three questions in mind as I commonly do. So kind of asked myself, what have I learned about God from this passage? Um, what have I learned about myself or been challenged by? And um, yeah, my response. So I just thought I'd share in those three kind of questions. Um, so yeah, in reading this passage, um, I was also quite struck by, yeah, God being a just and perfect judge, unlike the unjust judge who, um, even though the widow time after time asked, he kept putting it off. Um, I love that um, in verse... Uh, in verse seven and eight, um, how Jesus says, I tell you that he, um, he will see that they get justice and quickly um, about God. Um, I was also quite challenged by um, the question, um, as Jesus says, um, the reason for him telling the parable was that um, the disciples should pray, um, always pray and not give up. Um, and then he ends in 
verse 8 with the question, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So the question I ask myself is, um, am I faithfully following the command from Jesus in this passage to always pray and not give up? Um, and I was quite challenged by that because um, reflecting on my very subpar prayer life recently, I kind of asked myself why. Um, and I guess on reflection, I thought maybe it's um, because I don't trust that God is a good and perfect judge. Um, and I think I know better to seek my own means rather than coming to him first. Um, or maybe it's self-reliance and pride preventing me um, from running to Jesus first. Um, yeah, in our DNA um, in the previous week, we uh, discussed the passage from last week, which um, talked about how God is a good and merciful, compassionate Father who runs and embraces us in our time of need. Um, and I think this is something I need to remind myself of more. Um, and we talked about how um, if we know God as this good Father who cares for us, like, wouldn't we then want to, wouldn't it be our first reflex to kind of run to him with our worries and concerns in good and bad times. Um, so yeah, my response was that, um, yeah, I want to be knowing or remembering who God is as um, a just judge who, um, yeah, brings justice and also, um, yeah, who cares and want to be intentionally running to him with my needs and the needs of others. Um, Especially, I thought, in an area of my life where I tend to forget God is at work, where I'm so busy thinking about other things and um, get caught up. Um, yeah, I wanted to be more prayerful um, during my work hours. Um, and oddly, this week, um, I've had lots of colleagues just bring up religion, specifically Christianity, in conversations, like, at least three times this week. Um, and, like, in my presence, but, like, kind of I wasn't directly involved in the conversation. Um, so it was a good opportunity that God was um, giving me to just be quietly prayerful in those situations. Um, so, yeah, I guess my prayer is that as Easter approaches, God will be giving opportunities for me to be more prayerful um, and taking the opportunities for conversations and courage to, um, yeah, speak to my colleagues about um, God being a just judge and also remembering him in the workplace and living that out. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Christine. Um, my name's Johnny. If I haven't met you before, hello. Glad to meet you. Um, so, yeah, I was reading this passage in the week, uh, and something that stood out to me that I hadn't really thought about much before uh, from this passage was um, the content of what God asked us to pray. Um, so if you look in verse 3, uh, the woman's plea to the judge uh, is for justice against her adversary, uh, and eventually the judge does grant that justice. Uh, and then in Jesus' reflection at the end, he says, will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Uh, so the focus of the prayer uh, is for God to grant justice. This is a, a massive topic to unpack, uh, but I thought it might be helpful to think about uh, two ways that we can be praying for justice in the places that God has put us. Um, so firstly, uh, praying for God's immediate justice and protection for those who are in need. So in the news and in our lives, we often hear about uh, people who are currently suffering directly because of the actions of other people. Situations like domestic violence or abuse, where there is immediate suffering, and then we can see it's a result of how people interact with each other. 
This passage calls us to respond to this in prayer for justice. I had an example of this uh, last week, and uh, Bron's response in prayer was, uh, I think, exactly what God asks of us. Uh, so I had a patient who told me that his uh, wife had uh, filed a domestic violence charge against him. He said that it wasn't true, um, but he was obviously very upset about it, and he was isolated. Uh, he had a restraining order put in so he couldn't go home. Uh, he had a one-year-old child that he was worried about the safety of. Um, and I was a bit overwhelmed, but it was very uh, complicated and I didn't know whether to believe him or how to respond. I knew I couldn't fix it. Uh, and when I got home, I told Bron and she prayed that the police would be compassionate, that the truth would be clear and that the vulnerable people involved would be protected. Uh, I thought that was a really great response in prayer for God to intervene with immediate protection of the vulnerable and that truth would be shown through the justice system God has installed. Uh, I think that shows us a little insight into what justice looks like. It's, it's complicated and messy and not easy to understand. Um, yeah, and I think uh, the passage points us particularly to pray for justice in situations where people are suffering for being a Christian. So if we look in verse 7, uh, God is particularly concerned for justice for his people. It says, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? It's a bit of a hard one um, because it's not saying that we shouldn't be concerned about those who aren't Christians, uh, but similar to how we're called to love everyone, but especially love people within the church. Uh, we're called to care and pray for everyone who is suffering, um, but particularly Christians who are suffering for their faith. Uh, we're called to pray that God would bring justice. But we know that this is not enough, um, that the justice system in place, even in a country like ours, that's pretty good. It's not perfect and it's not enough. Um, so part of our prayer response, or the second part of our prayer response, when we see wrongdoing, uh, is to pray for eternal justice to recognise that God has a plan uh, to bring everything in heaven and earth uh, into reconciliation and into right relationship with him. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray for God's will to be done and for his kingdom to come. And that is the response God asks us to have when we see suffering and brokenness in the world, to see God's kingdom come and for that to culminate in Jesus' return as judge who will reconcile everything. And the passage does point us to this as well. It says that God will not hold off his justice forever and that one day soon he will return to judge the living and the dead. Uh, but it finishes with an interesting question. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So when we pray for God's justice to be done on earth, we have to remember that we are on the wrong side of that justice if we're not in Jesus. When we see suffering and brokenness that's caused by human action, it is right to pray for God to judge. But we should also be reminded of our sinfulness and our salvation that is only through Jesus' death and resurrection. So a couple of things for you guys to uh, take away. Um, I think the first part is that justice and judgment is complicated and hard. Uh, and I think when we see suffering in the world, particularly when it's because of 
human sinfulness, it's easy to think that God is not good, that God is not just, that he's not in control. Um, I found the best way for me to uh, trust God's justice is to know him better. Um, there's a, yeah, I think the, the complex nature of it, um, we have to trust God. And so when you read his word and understand him better, you might not have all the answers to your questions, um, but you'll be able to trust that when he does return, he'll make things right. I think the second thing for, I'd like you to take away uh, is to pray. Uh, to pray that God would protect the vulnerable, that he would bring immediate justice, and that he would speed his return. Uh, to help us do this, um, I'm, I uh, found some prayer points from the Barnabas Fund and from some missionaries who work with vulnerable people uh, or work in a country where the government is not just. Um, so I'm going to send them through to Ben and ask that uh, he sends them through to you guys. So try and make some time this week to spend five minutes or ten minutes um, praying through those prayer points uh, and think about how you could incorporate that into your prayer life. Oh, I forgot. Sorry. Forgot to write the last part down. <laughs> um, so I'm going to pray for us, uh, but just going to read Daniel 7. And then pray. Uh, in my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be broken. Let me pray. Father, we know you are just. Please bring justice and protection to those who are vulnerable. Please come back soon to make things right. Help us to trust that you are just and trust that you are coming back. Amen.